Hey, what's up, stay tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back again, with uh, another decent show for you guys. Um, big news in the NFL with the Julio Jones trade going on. Um, some baseball talk, how we're going to be screwing up baseball even more. <laughs> I mean, you, just when you think that they can't mess it up anymore, they just say, here, hold my beer. But uh, then we're going to recap some of the... Stay tuned, sports podcast truck series race from last. Excuse me, uh, from last week. Uh, but before all that, make sure you head over to staytunedsports.net uh, to follow our, our social media accounts. Are on the right hand side there. Just click follow them. Do whatever they say to do. Um, we have a merch tab up top there for any hats or uh, t-shirts to help support the show. And we have actually now just joined. Buy me a coffee. Uh, so if you head over to www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports, um, if you think I'm doing good and you want to quote buy me a beer, um, it's just like a like a donation type deal. Um, I'd appreciate it. Any of the money, I, I obviously just put right back in the show. Um, I don't pocket any of it. And uh, want to give a quick shout out though to Ben Adams. He was our first. Um, Donator, if you want to call it that, and I just want to say thank you, Ben, for supporting the show, and uh, hopefully many other people will show their support as well. So, kicking off the show, uh, since we talked about Ben Adams, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, truck series that happened this past Friday. Pretty good race. Um, they were at Atlanta uh, this past week. A um, couple of stories that came out of there. Colin Ollery, uh, you know, he, he took the poll and he decided to take the butt kicker challenge, which he's only the second person, second driver this year to uh, do that. James Lorello was the last one. He was unsuccessful last time, and unfortunately, Colin Ollery was unsuccessful this time too, but he actually did pretty good though. I mean, you know, so what the butt kicker challenge is, um, whoever wins the poll of the race has the option to start in last place instead of first where they they would normally start the pole and have to face and have to drive through the whole uh gang of of drivers cars whatever um and win the race if he wins the race there's like a little prize pool so this past week going into the race it was up to forty dollars and unfortunately like i said colin did not succeed 
but he did end up uh, finishing it in 10th. Yeah, so I think he started back right around 30, maybe 33 or so. So, I mean, to still finish 10th, that's pretty impressive there. Um, JT Poole uh, pretty much dominated the whole race. He led the, like pretty much the most laps, if not pretty close to all the laps. Um, but the last few laps kind of fell off a little bit there and um, didn't even, even actually get the top three. Uh, J uh, Jason Gracias was the winner with uh, Mike Tellier coming in number two and Jeff Price coming in number three. Um, Jeff Price, if you, if you guys go back to watch it, um, you head over to YouTube on 3Y TV. Jeff Price, I just like his personality. I, I wish he could, he could, you know, either come in third, you know, top three every week, or get him up in the booth to to call a race. I think he'd be pretty fun to to listen to. He's a very energetic guy. Um, very happy to come in third place, and you know, but like I said, it was it was definitely a fun race. Um, a little bit of controversy with uh, two laps to go, which. Again, if you guys go back to watch it, I mean, even I thought a caution flag should have been called out. Um, I forget who spun out, but spun out, uh, like I said, with two laps to go. Normally, when it, it uh, takes a couple trucks involved, uh, a caution would come out. And for whatever reason, this time it didn't happen. Now, if it did, if, if the caution did come out, it would have probably made the top three a little bit more, a little bit different of an outcome than what actually did. But it is what it was. And uh, congratulations to Jason Gracias. Once again, my three racers to watch. I went one for three. Uh, ben, ben Izinga, Mashburn, Ben Mashburn wrecked again. I feel so bad for Ben now. You know, he's always had, he's like all season long, he has a good truck racing and just wrong place, wrong time. One of these races, I mean, just he has to finally break loose and get him away. And maybe this time around, this coming week, they're racing at Dega. Maybe he could break in and get that, that win there. So, so speaking of him and the three racers to watch for this week he's actually one of them um, like I say just a rough season wrong place wrong time most of the time at some point the bad luck has to end and maybe this week let's let's see how it goes um, Ben Einzinga is another one um, had a really good race last week just unfortunately got caught up in the wreck he's another one that doesn't have a win on the season, I believe. And again, all season, he's he's right there. And then just, unfortunately, gets caught up in some nasty wrecks. So if Ben Mashburn don't win, maybe Izinga will get into the winner's column there. Anyway, the third one is Colin Olery, the, the racer that went for the butt kicker challenge last week. Um... I mean, to go from, like I said, 30 or 33, however many cars there were, to finish in 
10th place. Not only shows he has a quick car, but has patience. You know, was able to get through the wrecks um, and get up there. So they're my top three racers to watch for this week. Just once, I hope, I pray that I don't give them the kiss of death. So this next segment is brought to you by the movie Nobody. Father's Day no longer has to be ordinary once you bring home the non-stop action of Nobody. Bob Odenkirk stars as an ordinary dad turned lethal vigilante and his fight for his family can now thrill yours with never before seen bonus content including deleted scenes. From the writer of John Wick, Nobody is yours to own now on digital and on 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD June 22nd. And I'll tell you what guys, I, I, I like Bob Odenkirk. Um, especially in Better Call Sal, and seeing the clips of this movie, I can't wait to get my own copy of this um, this movie too. So me and the wife could do a, a review on it on our Wine Whiskey in a Review uh, podcast that airs Sunday nights. Um, so a little college football talk here. Came out this past week that the subcommittee is expected to present a report to the higher ups of the college football committee um, basically saying you know what's the strengths and weaknesses of the format they have now um, should they expand to now in this article I saw them say should they expand to 6, 8, 12 or even 16 teams for the playoffs and I'll, I'll touch on it in, in a second and give my opinion about it but at the end of the day, the committee has final say if they're going to change anything, if they're going to not change anything. Um, so as far as should they expand? I mean, I've been saying, I would say about two seasons now, I think they, sh- they, they need to expand to, I would like to see eight teams. You know, six I think would be good because if you really think about the past two or three seasons, there's always been a little bit of controversy with that that fifth place seed or whatever you know you want to call it, that fifth place with the team that comes in that, that spot there um, I think this past year was the, the complaint was Notre Dame shouldn't have been in there um, Ohio State was another complaint that they shouldn't have been in there so the fifth and sixth team should have moved in um, but to, to expand it to 12 and 16 teams, I think that'd be overkill, and there'd be no way to fit all the, the playoffs in a season. Now, it did also say if, if there is any changes, it's not going to happen definitely this season, definitely not going to happen next season. So we're still looking at two years away from anything happening. Um, but... I really think if they go to eight teams, I think that would be the perfect system because it, it is showing that the right teams are getting in there. Is that the fourth seeded team the the controversial spot? Well, yeah. You know, and if you go back and look, a lot of times what it is is, you know, because this conference isn't as strong as that conference 
um, this championship um, is, isn't as strong as that championship. Well, this team didn't win a championship, but they did. You know, there, there's a lot of moving parts to why teams should be in or aren't in. And if you go to like a like I said, an eight-team um, playoff format, set it up where conference winners make it in. If you don't win your conference, you don't you don't get in there. Now that's coming from me, a Notre Dame fan who is not part of any type of conference, and I still say I think you're going to see that change, maybe in two years if if they do decide to expand the format I think that might be something Notre Dame would have to look look into um, this year because of the pandemic they joined the ACC conference and played for a conference championship which unfortunately they lost to Clemson um, but you know, if they do eight teams, nor, it, with my thinking, Notre Dame would be out. If Notre Dame is part of the ACC conference and played for a championship and lost, they're out of playoffs. They're, they're not making the playoffs. And, you know, I think it would make it a lot more competitive. Um, you know, NCAA is all about the money. I think you would get a lot more income coming in because you know you know stay tuned sports would want to sponsor one of the playoff games you know playoff bowls um and i i think i saw something a few months ago that if they did do a expanded team format instead of the conference uh or i'm sorry the national title game being um, I believe the week before the Super Bowl, it would actually end up playing a week after the Super Bowl. So, you know, that is, to me, I think is the latest you want to run a, a playoff to. Because, you know, you're halfway through February. Graduations and all that stuff is, is right around the corner for those kids. So... I would like to see them expand to eight teams, make it that if you win a conference championship, you're in. If you lose, you're out. Now, there's you know a lot of conferences out there, so it's going to be you would have to make it like one of the you know uh, all the big conferences, not like the little you know up up here in Pennsylvania. Um, Bloomsburg University or you know whatever conference they're in you know it, it would have to be you know the Big Ten and all them SECs and all that you know so I would like to see them go eight teams I think that'd be a perfect setup make the games even more competitive and unfortunately like I said you know you won't see nothing anytime soon it's going to be a couple uh, seasons, about two seasons. And we should know within the next couple weeks if they're going to make those changes. 
So once again, baseball is trying to mess up baseball. Um, you know, for a few seasons now, they're trying to figure out ways to speed up the game, uh, putting a pitch clock to hurry up the pitchers, limit the the meetings on the mound for coaches and players, and you know, etc., etc., etc. Well, now the league and the players' association is coming to an agreement that something has to be done about pitchers using illegal substances when it comes to pitching. Um, so far this season, I believe there was at least two, maybe three pitchers that have been questioned about using illegal substances, and it's you know kind of obvious something might you know must be going on. Um, strikeouts are at an all-time high, whereas the batting average is at an all-time low in baseball. Like when I say all-time low, I mean over a hundred years old all-time low. And so now baseball is coming out. They're, they're going to send a memo out to all the teams that these rules, you know, even though there's already rules in place for umps to check the, uh, check the pitchers if they feel like they're using some type of legal substance. But starting June 14th, they're going to start really pushing the, the envelope of we're going to check you. Now, remember, they want to speed the game up, okay? What the the rules that are going to be enforced is pitchers will be checked randomly by umpires with every starting pitcher likely to be checked at least two times a game. Now, you're going to probably think, oh, you know, in between pitches or something like that. Well, at least this part, they're using some of the common sense. They're going to wait till in between innings when the pitcher's walking off the field at some point during the game, twice a game, to check to make sure that they're not using any type of substances. Um, And it's to the point now that batters are actually yelling at their own pitchers when they notice their own pitchers doing it. Whether it be, you know, the, the strings on their gloves might have a little bit of something or the left belt buckle you know like the, the, the batters are noticing this um, one management source estimated that there will be 8 to 10 random foreign substance checks per game so again now there's, there's a couple aspects of this story that I, I want to touch on and this is the first part of, of it of the, the whole slowing the game down. Okay, so you're going to check between innings, okay? You want to slow the game down, but let's just say you find out a pitcher has an illegal substance. Now, you're not even going to let him go to the dugout. You're going to probably meet him right on the, the first or third base line. So now, while the other team is warming up to get ready for the inning, now you're slowing up the pitcher that's warming up because... This pitcher has legal substance, and you're trying to decide what to do. Now you're slowing the game down. Which, as far as penalties, um, they're talking about suspending the player for 10 days without pay. One owner said that 
they're afraid that the, the player association will file grievances. And pretty much all the other owners said with the response of this is not something we got to take lightly. We got really laid a law down here that cheating is no, no longer going to be allowed in baseball. I mean, as far as that side of it with the punishments, I'm okay with. Because if you guys think about players testing positive for PEDs, I think the first offense is like 20 games or something like that. Then second offense is 80 games. And then third offense, you're out of baseball. So, you know, if you don't want cheating, fine. You got to be strict with, with the punishments. And I think that'd be a fair punishment 10 days without pay. But this, this brings me to my next point. I'm paying. So I, I got two kids, okay? If I'm going to a baseball game with just me and them two, I'm easily going to be dropping five, $600. Let them play with the steroids. Let them use the illegal substance because I want to see an entertaining game. Whether it be 500 foot home runs or a curveball that goes from first base all the way over to third base with the curve. You know, it, baseball is just killing itself by nitpicking all the little things now. I, I know all the old timers are saying, well, you know, it's about the integrity of the game. Well, listen, if you don't change, you ain't going to be around much longer. And you're probably like, you know, Jimbo, that's just stupid, you know, having, you know, roid heads and this and that. 90s baseball was one of the, the high points of Major League Baseball. You know, Barry Bonds chasing the home run record, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. That was one of the, the high points of Major League Baseball. And once they start cracking down on, on that, it's been crap ever since. So like I said this past week, Julio Jones being traded to the Tennessee Titans. Now, I'll be honest, I never saw that coming. You know, they already have A.J. Brown. They like to run a lot. Never thought Tennessee Titans would be a team that he would go to. Um, so what the, the packages was, uh, Tennessee is sending a 2022 second round draft pick and a 2023 fourth round to the Falcons in exchange for Julio and a 2023 sixth round pick. Listen, Tennis, I, I understand Atlanta had to unload him because of that big contract he had. And I hear people out there with their argument of he's always hurt, he's always hurt. Tennessee won this deal. To get a player like that and not have to give up a first-round pick. I, I thought I, I knew they wouldn't get uh, give up a first-round pick just you know flat out. I really thought Atlanta could have got a second-round uh, conditional second-round pick where okay if he plays three quarters of the season it goes to a first-round pick, kind of like the, the Carson Wentz deal. I think I, I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Really, really surprised. That wasn't part of the deal. And you know what? For the people out there saying he doesn't last a full season, 
you know, when I, when I hear that, he doesn't last a full season or he's always hurt. That to me is like JV Ani uh, Clowney. Never played more than 12 games a year, but he's a dominant pass rusher. That's what I consider always hurt or, or um, you know, like I said before. But in his, in Julio Jones's 10 years he'd been in the NFL, there's only been two seasons that he ha- he played under 15 games. That was last season, which, by the way, he was on pace for like 1,500 yards uh, receiving. And his, I believe, second year in the league, uh, he was injured a lot. Other than that, yeah, he missed a game or missed you know two games throughout the the other seasons in his career. But he he's so dynamic, you know, and, and to not get some type of first round pick back is astonishing. Like I, I just could not believe it. I know Philly was looking at giving a first round pick and I and I'm curious to see what happened there. I mean is Atlanta that afraid to trade Julio to Philly for a first round pick because they're in the same conference? I mean, obviously, Atlanta's not really going to go anywhere this year. Philly shouldn't, you know, but playing in a division, all it takes is to win the, win the division in the playoffs. Um, but I'm curious to see why and what happened with the talks between Philly and Atlanta there. So, like I said, I, I think the Titans won this trade. Um, they're taking on the whole contract. I just saw that they restructured Tannehill to help get Jones in under the uh, the salary cap. There's seven million dollars of dead money still on Atlanta's book, which is better than the twenty-two or twenty-three million that was going to be his. Um, and to make this even more of a loss for Atlanta, what do you accomplish by trading him away but still keeping Matt Ryan? You know, you should have tried to figure out a, a way to trade both of them and not do a half-assed rebuild. I'm pretty sure if, if they were able to trade Matt Ryan for a second or a third round pick before this past draft, they could have did something and got a decent quarterback, rookie quarterback to work with. You know, I mean, you look at Philly, you know, last year we had Carson Wentz. We drafted Jalen Hurts. Obviously, Philly felt comfortable enough with Jalen Hurts to trade Carson and not draft a quarterback this year. Atlanta could do the same thing, but to me, they're kind of doing a half-ass rebuild here. And it's really going to set them back now by doing it this way. Um... As far as how does Julio does Julio help Tennessee? Do they come become a you know a Super Bowl contender type thing? Obviously, with Julio going to Tennessee, all the odds got better for Tennessee winning the division, winning the conference, winning the Super Bowl, all that stuff. I the the, the real winner in this is AJ Brown because now. 
You gotta pick your poison. You can't double team both guys. You can't put single coverage on each guy. So how do you cover him? I think you're gonna see. And and that's the thing though too is Tennessee likes to run. So even if they double one guy, not the other, it's kind of moot point because they're gonna run Derek Henry. Now are we gonna see more balance 50-50? Or are we still gonna see um what we've been seeing? You know, with, with Derrick Henry dominating the, the snaps over the passing game. But if they do go 50-50, like I said, AJ Brown definitely, I, I believe, has won this trade because now some of the pressure is going to be taken off of him with the double coverages. And both receivers are so dynamic that even if they do do a little less, like a 60-40 more on the run side, I still think both receivers could get 1,200 yards receiving. I definitely think that could happen. Um, and if Tennessee really wanted to, they, they could watch the, the snap count for Julio so that he's fresh for the playoffs. But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, we're only, I think I saw the other day, we're 100 days away, so we're probably down to like 95 or so now. So time will tell. So, up next is our combat corner segment, which is sponsored by Bet Angles. Live scores, odds, and the best expert picks every day. Start winning today at betangles.com. So, this weekend we have UFC 263, Adenese versus Vittori uh, for the, the middleweight belt. This is the second time they're, they're facing each other, uh, first time around. Israel won that one, uh, which helped put him on the, the run he was on to get the belt. Um, overall card, I would say it's a pretty decent card. It's a lot better than the Floyd May Mayweather-Paul card that happened this past week. For all you people that paid for it, I'm sorry. Um, from what I've seen, and I'm sorry, let me take a step back here for one second. Whether it was Logan Paul, Jake Paul, I don't know which brother it was that fought Floyd Mayweather. He did get knocked out. If you go back and, and watch that clip, Floyd clipped him. You want to say he leaned into him, you know, go ahead, but you could see his eyes were closed. Floyd kept him up just so it could go the full eight rounds and get the full payday. So back to our UFC 263 card. Um, like I said, the main event is Israel Adonase versus Marvin Vittori for the middleweight belt. Uh, the co-main event is Figueredo versus Brandon Marino for the flyweight championship. This is a rematch from a few months ago, I believe it was. Um, very good fight, very entertaining fight, and it ended up in a draw. So they, even that night, I know Dana White came out and said, um, they were going to run it back, and they are running it back this weekend. Before them, it's a welterweight fight. Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz coming back after a year and a half. Um, a year and a half after fighting Masvidal for the BMF belt. And that one also has championship implications there. Um, before that, another welterweight fight. Damian Mia uh, versus Bilal Muhammad. 
And then kicking off the card is a light heavyweight fight. Paul Craig versus Jamal Hall, Jamal Hill. Um, so starting with that one. I got Paul Craig uh, winning this one. It's a, uh, a tough test for Hill. Um, he's a you know, newcomer. He's only 3-0 in the, in the UFC. But Craig, I think, gives him his first loss in UFC after Hill. Yeah, actually, Hill's 2-0 with no con- one no contest. Um, Paul Craig is a, a beast. You know, I could see this one being a good scrap, one of those overall good fight to, to kick off the card to kick off the show but I, I got Paul Craig winning um, then the, the match between Damian Mia versus Bilal Muhammad I, I want to pick Damian Mia um, but he just he's older now his past few fights have been against subpar fighters whereas Muhammad has been fighting some top tier guys um, probably would have been in championship contention if it wasn't for his last fight, which was a a no contest uh, between Leon Edwards. Um, there was an eye poke or something like that, and that fight was stopped. But this one, I had uh, Bilal Muhammad winning it. Um, he's just he's just tough, you know. Um, he's a striker. I think he's gonna. Use that to keep uh, Maya away because if you, Maya gets you down to the ground, that's the only way he's going to win against Muhammad. Uh, his Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is just really good, even being older now. But I, I think Muhammad is going to pull this out and win it. Then this next match, like I say, is interesting. It's an interesting matchup. Uh, Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. You know how I, I feel about Ring Rust. You know, when you don't fight for a year and a half, you're going to have some ring rust. Um, Leon Edwards, we saw that with his last fight. Yeah, he was leading it, but could not finish Law Muhammad. Um, if he was still active, maybe he, he would have been able to. Uh, and just the opposite for Leon Edwards. He just fought this past March. Um, I think if... Diaz loses this fight and especially loses it bad which a lot of people I think think is going to happen um, he's going to be on the, the road of where Donald Cowboy Sharoni is you know at what point do you say to a guy enough's enough you know a year and a half ago he fought Masvidal for a made up belt just because they were good trash talkers and again, I mean, he, he's got some, some wear and tear on him. Whereas Leon Edwards knew how to, to take care of his body. Diaz, he likes to scrap. And he has he's always getting cut up anymore. But with that being said, I am taking Leon Edwards with the win. Dana White saying this past week that whoever wins this most likely will get a title shot between... Um, Kobe Covington and Kamar Usman which I don't agree with again Diaz hasn't fought in a year and a half what happens if he wins you're telling me a guy who hasn't been active gets a title shot he's not Conor McGregor 
he, he's not bringing those type of numbers in and then Leon Edwards let's just say Bilal Muhammad wins and Leon wins I'd say run that that fight back and then if whoever wins that they get the title shot um, after that fight is the co-main event uh, Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno for the flyweight championship I remember watching that fight and Moreno looked good but Figueroa was just seemed a little quicker uh, Moreno was taking a lot of heavy shots so that's why I'm gonna go with uh, Figueroa here um, because also Moreno has a hard time finishing people he only has one finish in his last five fights which also includes two draws which means he can't get over that hump. He he don't he doesn't know how to finish. It feels like, whereas the champ knows how to finish. I think I saw three of his last five fights were all finishes, whether it be knockout or submission. Then the main event um, is Israel Denise versus Marvin Vittori. Denise is just on a different level than everybody else. Um, I think with his striking, he's going to be able to keep Vittori at bay. And I don't want to say this may be a boring one, but this I, I have a feeling this one's going to go to decision. And Adense is going to pull off the win here. So that is my fight picks for Combat Corner. Sponsored by Bet Angles, Live Scores, Odds, and the Best Expert Picks every day. Start winning today at betangles.com. So I think that's going to be it for us today, uh, for, for this week. Um, but before I go, I just want to re-mention, make sure you guys head over to staytunesports.net to follow all our social media accounts and our merch tab up top. Also visit www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports if you want to help support the show, whether it's 10 cents, dollar, and I'm still learning a little bit about the the page itself, so maybe I'll learn, you know, um, other ways you guys could help sponsor the show. And all that will do is help me get better giveaways. Maybe if I get some enough money together, I could do a, a signed jersey giveaway or something like that. You know, you never know. But uh, make sure you guys tune in this Friday on YouTube at 3YTV for the Stay Tuned Sports Truck Series. Um, one last shout out to Ben Adams thank you for your support this is your good friend Jimbo I'm out